Welcome to Live Committed. It's a central platform for the Ariel Tribe community, where we believe in the individuals about executing the discipline of standards plus habits are going to equal results in their life. On this podcast, we want to provide a space where you can learn to grow through conversations and connection with other people to reach the highest vision that you have for yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And at Ariel Tribe, we are passionate about results. So whether you're feeling stuck in your business, your marriage, your spiritual journey, or whatever's going on in your life, we would love to invite you to the tribe to learn how you can live a committed life. You can always visit us at www.ariel-tribe.com. That's A-R-I-E-L-tribe.com to learn more about who we are and how to get connected to the tribe. So Aaron, let's get on with the show. What's up, tribe? We're back. We are back. Thanks for tuning in. And we are here for our, what has officially become season number two. Dos. (laughs) Numero el doso. (laughs) Yes. The Spanish doesn't go much farther than that. <laughs> it doesn't the, go much farther about than the that. Extent, you know, I, I, uh, in the Middle East, they when we take groups there, they always say somebody who speaks three languages is called a trilinguist. Okay. Somebody who speaks two languages is called a bilinguist. Mm-hmm. Somebody who speaks one language is called American. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's one of the funny things. I think it's pretty true. I think it's pretty true. Sounds true. I don't speak a lot of Espanol very well. No, neither do I. Uh, so we're back for season two, and, and we're excited about this, uh, refining, trying to get better, figuring out um, exactly how we can serve the world the best, mm-hmm. and um, again, just continuing to improve ourselves and inviting our uh, tribe, our aerial tribe community to um, become the best version of themselves, mind, body, and spirit. And that's really the heart behind what we're doing. Yeah, uh, It's all anchored in this uh, 87-day invitation that we have put together. That's on our website, aerial-tribe.com. You can jump on there and take a look at that. But that's um, that's really the heartbeat behind um, who we are and what we're doing. And uh, it's a good time as we start season two to just go back and, yeah. and hit that again so we don't uh, lose ourselves. There's a lot of things that we could talk about, um, but we want to talk about things that are a benefit to you in becoming everything that you were meant to be. That's right. Moving you forward. So today, uh, fun topic, and uh, this is something that's um, rooted in some of Jim Collins' work, but um, Jason, you were you were reading Good to Great, is that right? Yeah, it's Good to Great. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you came up with this idea. I thought it would be a fun way to, to podcast. Why don't you introduce yeah. it? Yeah, so the idea is that Jim Collins talks about Good to Great. So if you haven't read it, it's a great book that's centered around leadership and what he discovered, and him and his team actually, over a five-year period of research as to what what did they discover that fundamentally took these companies that were good and actually, you know, took them to great. And, and, um, we won't get into all the mechanics of, of what they discovered from the leadership. But one of the things we wanted to really talk about here today is he talks about walking 20 miles. He said, one of the things that they discovered that great leaders instituted inside the culture of their business was, is that we are going to be steady and committed to the vision that's been placed in front of us. And there was a high level of simplicity that came along with that. And, and when you read it and, and you begin to, you know, um, really absorb what him and his team's observations were, because they would have an idea and like literally sometimes put it on the shelf for a year. You're like, that's pretty cool. And then pull it back off and really unpack it. And so as he talks about walking 20 miles a day, so, so picture this. Uh, there's two individuals, you know, starting on the West Coast, and they're going to walk to the East Coast, let's say from Los Angeles to New York. Person A is going to walk 20 miles every single day, no matter what the conditions are, right? No more, no less. 
And then person B is going to walk based on how they feel or what's going on and, and so on. So you go hit the go button and or he goes 20 miles. And let's say the person B is super enthusiastic and takes off and does 40 miles. And then next day, A does another 20 and then person B does 10 and so on. And as you walk that across, the question was, is who's going to win? It's person A every time as they kind of built this out in the model. And that's because no matter what the conditions were, they walked the 20 miles. That's why it's called the 20 mile march. And, and the takeaway was, you know, how many times we as persons, leaders, individuals have those emotional moments, right? Hey, we want to do something. We don't want to do it. Um, it takes us off track. It takes us off course, whatever. Uh, and, and what's the difference between someone who's good to great? Because they both got there. Right. right, but who actually got there um, ahead of the other person? Well, that was person A, and so that that was kind of the, what we wanted to kind of discuss today. Um, you know, is really kind of that thought process and kind of unpack it. Yeah. So uh, as you look at that, like, okay, so person A's twenty miles, twenty miles, twenty miles, twenty miles. What does it take uh, mentally? What are some of the attributes you got to possess to be able to walk that twenty miles? When it's sunny, it's easy. Yeah, you know, sunny, sunny and seven degrees, that's easy. Yeah. Well, what is it when it's 50 degrees and rainy or 30 degrees and snowy? What what uh, what does it take to do that? I think it's a combination of, we've talked about it on this show, kind of, you know, we talk about standards. I think it's about a standard that we, A, put on ourselves, and B, you know, what is the vision that I'm actually trying to, kind of like that why, mm -hmm. you know, of like, <clears throat> you know, why am I doing this? Why am I walking and, and who is the person that I'm becoming, right? Because life is that journey. I think those are super important. And I also think another piece to that pie is, is trying to simplify that for all of us. The One of the things that, that come along really strong in the book is great leaders have the power to say no. Mm -hmm. They're just like, nope. If I can't be the best at that, um, then I'm not interested. Literally to where they were shutting down divisions, um, that were profitable, but they're like, no, we, we, we're going to focus on being the best because we believe if we do that and we do that consistently and we create a great culture, you know, that surrounds that we're going to have, um, you know, that much more of an impact. And, and again, this was measured upon stock price because you had to have some kind of commonality right. and you literally just these companies blowing it away. Hmm. So I think, it, I think it's a combination of that on the front side. And then I think that once you elevate your standards and, and you begin to, establish your why, you know, there, there's a level of grit that comes with that. And I think individuals have different, uh, degrees. Like, so like David Goggins, I'm not sure if I can keep up with him, right. <laughs> you know, like, but, but I think that, you know, as you start stacking those small wins, you know, you get that sale and, you know, and, and it's all of a sudden I'm getting that momentum and, and, um, I think that starts to establish some level of grit. Okay. And, and grit, um, grit comes Real simply, like we do hard things. Yeah, that's how you get grit. That's how you get grit. You get grit by needing grit. Yeah, that's. The, I, I don't know of a of a shortcut. I wish there was a shortcut. I to think grit. we all do. We all do. <laughs> if you can yeah. find that pill, um, let us know. Let us know because I will take it. <laughs> but the way we develop grit is to step into things that we don't want to step into. Yeah, and and that happens like across the spectrum. Whether that's I'm going to get out of bed early, or I'm going to go work out when I don't want to, or I'm going to say no to the oatmeal cookie, yeah. you know, whatever it is, yep. uh, I, what those little steps, and it'll seem like they're insignificant things, but they're all parts of a process of developing this capacity for grit. 
yeah. in our life. It is. Like last night, um, we were with some friends we hadn't seen in such a long time. And we got together and came over and you know, everyone's drinking margaritas. And as you know, I'm training for this event. I'm like, God, that sounds so good because it was super nice yeah. out. We're on the porch, you know, and I'm like, um, I'm just going to have my soda water right now, you know? And like, and I was like, in my mind, I, literally I could hear the voice like, Hey, dude, you've been doing really good. You've been training super hard. No, you know what I mean? Like this will flush it. You'll, you'll be, you're fine. You know? And it was just like, I was like, no, yes, yes, no, no. And you know what I mean? And just, but you find yourself like so glad you didn't do it. You right. Know? Not, it moved beyond not wanting to drink it. It was like just this battle of like, do I have the willpower to, to say no to that? That pushes me more towards my goals. You know what's interesting? Um, this is kind of a side tangent to what you're talking about. The, uh, the Arbinger Institute came with a book several years ago called uh, Leadership and Self-Deception. And essentially what they were talking about was um, when you are in a relationship with somebody, and this is true, they're, they're leveraging it in a business context, right? So that can apply there, but this can apply to any relationship. When somebody offends you, you have a choice. You can either step into that assuming the best about them, or you can choose to be a victim. And when you do, uh, when I choose to be offended, I have to go into what they call the victim's box. Now, in order for me to stay there, I have to justify why it's okay for me to be wounded. Yeah. And, um, and that means that I'm going to have to villainize you and I'm going to have to heroize myself. Same thing with when you drink the margarita, when you, you know, you yeah. shouldn't have, right? Like yeah, yeah. I got to justify why that was okay. So for me, I got to pick like, okay, it was okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, you know, and so I start, what I start doing is distorting reality to justify I made a poor choice rather than just getting honest with the fact that, gosh, dang it, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. Like we find ourselves in that space, totally. but even being willing to be truthful about things that we should and shouldn't do when like when we make mistakes being honest about that even that um that is part of what helps de our develop our capacity to to stay consistent over time yeah because i i think you know we talked about it, like i 100 because we're all gonna i mean not that the only reason i didn't drink is because i'm actually training for something <laughs> or i really would have had one but um no but i think it's the idea that you know when leaning into those hard times and realizing that there's something like bigger there, it's, it's, it, it elevates your game, right? right. You're, you're, that's why I, I equate it to like, there's this level of standard of like, Oh, there's a whole new level here. This is kind of cool. You know what I mean? I can say no to this. It's still, you know what I mean? And all those other things that, um, that come from saying no to things you should say no to. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting, you know, we live in a culture, especially in the United States where we're, we have so much, even people who are the, what we would define as the have nots, they still have a ton. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that reality causes, it, it opens up the possibility for us to be very self-indulgent. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's, I'm going to drink, drink when I know I shouldn't, or uh, I'm going to eat this when I know I shouldn't eat it, whatever it is, it causes us to be very indulgent in ways that are, um, they put us in a position to actually degrade our own well-being. Um, but this, the, in a philosophical sense, this is called hedonism is, is the term for it. Like it's this pursuit of pleasure. Uh, and so we have all these resources and, and what happens is we leverage those resources to indulge ourselves. Every time that you choose to step into a hedonistic space, what you wind up doing is weakening your capacity to endure. 
Yeah. You, the only way that you get the capacity to endure is to force yourself to have to endure something. It, yeah. Big things are little things. And so if you want to be consistent, if you want to be that 20 miler every day, you've got to be somebody that's willing to say no to self-indulgence. You've got to be somebody who's willing to say, I'm going to choose to eat right because it's better for me. I, yeah. I'm going to say no to the whatever, the donut, the whatever it is. I'm going to say no to that so that I can say yes to these other really, really important things in my life. And I think you were, when you were talking about standards, yeah, that's a piece of that conversation. Oh, it absolutely is. It's funny because as you were talking, I almost like could picture like person A and B and just like not only just the standards, but also the habits that they, the difference that they would do. Like you could just see person A like, okay, every morning my left shoe goes on first, my right shoe goes on. You know what I mean? Like they just, they're so locked into the destination, right? Yep. And that journey and, and then person B is like, oh man, I feel great today. Like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not so great today. And, you know, kind of like whatever haphazard to where, you know, it is that breakdown of putting the systems in place, you know, that, that are going to help you be successful. Yep. I always love, uh, I forget where the quote came, but the quote was, we never rise to our goals, but we fall to our systems. Yep. You know, I'm like, man, that's so true. Yep. I mean, you know, you could replace the word systems, you know, in my opinion, to standards and habits. And you're like, boom, okay, well. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, no shock. To, yeah. Know. That's somewhere in our Instagram account. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> Jump on there, get, log in, become our friend and uh, yeah. go find it. Cause it's worth, it's worth uh, sharing. Yeah. Cause when you think about it, it's such a powerful statement, you know, you just, you really recognize, Hey, I know that I want to go there, but what am I doing? Like right this second to get there. Yep. Yeah. So we've got to be able to do that. And I, and I, uh, I would say, I would ask you this question maybe to, yeah. s- to spark the conversation here. What, what are the obstacles so, so what are the things, so 40 miles one day for person B, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Right. But totally. 10, 10 miles day two, like what happened? Like, what are some of the obstacles that get in the way of consistency? Um, I, I think we got to go back to what I think is in that pie chart. It's to the degree in which my, my why of, of taking the journey. Um, second, who is it that I want to become? to the degree in which that, that truly embodies me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think those are two major things. And then, and then going back to the quote I just said, then, then what am I, what am I doing to as, as, as minuscule as it might be, what system am I putting in place? That's going to allow me to be successful to wake up the next morning and go do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's a combination of those. I, I don't know to, to what degree, but you're not going to wake up and go do something consistently. If you're like, yeah, I'm going to, this is my why, like I'm doing this because, you know, one, I want to knock down a goal or want to become the better person. And, but it's gotta be, I think it has to be on a platform of a different standard. You're like, I'm just, I'm not that old person anymore. Right. Because if you do that, we just know that momentum is, is nothing but a shot in the arm, right? We can all go to a seminar, we can read a book, watch a movie, you know, want to be the fighter pilot in Top Gun, whatever right. it is. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then life's going to show up where you're like tired and don't want to get out of bed or you don't want to deal with that person you have to deal with or, you know, uh, make the hard decisions about like, Hey, I got to quit a job that, you know, I'm not too sure what's around the corner. All of those, those life decisions that come at us. And if you don't have a beacon that is really casting the light to where you should be going, um, then, then you're going to stumble. I mean, you, it's just going to happen. And so you have to have in those dark moments something greater that you can grab onto that's really easy and simple and go, okay, mm-hmm. I, I got to do that. Yeah, I know that I just had five margaritas. Right now I went from one to five, so I'm just joking. <laughs> Listen, um, I think if you had had one, it would have wound up being it, five. It probably would have been five. Well, oh, my God, these are great. I know. Um, but you, you get the point, right? And then I think like that, 
that helps keep us on on that track. It's like the it's like the ship that starts off two degrees off, right? And it's got to go sail across the ocean and totally misses its target. Like, right. yeah, I might start off too, but I got to bring that back to center constantly as I'm going through the waves of, you know, uncertainty and, and all those things. Yeah. You know, my, my wife and I have this conversation often um, about the difference between being governed by your feelings and being governed by your mind. Like this, the, this strength of reaffirming mind over matter like and i know that for that's easier for some people than it is for others like just genetic wiring hard hard wiring as a human that's easier for some people than others but what do you this is probably a difficult question to answer what role do you think feelings plays in in helping us stay the course or do we just kill them no, I don't think so. I think it's impossible to kill your feelings. You can be as, as stoic as you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the filter in which those emotions run through, right? It's 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 how they they how they say is like you got to stay out of the red and green zone. You got to stay in the blue zone in terms of um, I forget who taught that leadership, but like, hey, don't ever get over enthusiastic about hey, we're we're crushing and killing it, and don't ever say like, hey, a bad day doesn't mean you have a bad life, right? Right. So how do you? How do you stay in the middle and, and walk the 20 miles every day? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we're human beings. So, you know, we're going to get sad, mad, you know, pissed off, you know what I mean? And, all, and everything in between and, and, and fear and anger and, and lust and all. Like, you can't just turn those off. It's how do I absorb those, put them through the filter so that I can make the wisest decisions, you know, if it's a relationship, um, business decision, mm. you know, food decision, whatever it is. And to minimize, you know, um, just a reaction to it, right? Because I've, if there was an emotion coming to me and it goes through my filter, it doesn't mean that it's going to be, I'm going to make the right decision every single time. But you're going to increase your odds if you've got a better filter associated to it, right? right? And for us, obviously, hey, what does God have to say about this? Right. That's a great filter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, like in terms of, you know, the fruits of the spirit, like that's a great place to start your filter with, right? You know? Right. So I don't know. What about, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting because I, you know, my, my wife's a high feeler. Like she is emotion. Um, When I say she's a feeler, that's like saying the Pope is Catholic. Like I, (laughs) she is a feeler, you know? Um, And so for me, um, you know, I, I am not, (laughs) I, I, she asked me how I feel about things all the time. I'm like, I don't know. Like I, I, that's a tough question. I got to really think about that, but uh, because is that why you asked me the feeling question? Yeah. Cause I want you to tie into it, but, but this is an ongoing, um, discussion that Kelly and I have. It's a healthy one, but it's a, it's an ongoing discussion that we have around like what motivates change. Cause she's working on changing herself as, as well as I am. And, you know, we, we both have varying degrees of success and, and we both wax and wane, you know, yeah. like more, more in, at least in the motivation sense, um, because motivation kind of comes and goes. Sure. And I, and I think like the, the feeler piece when you're, when you're in that trough of motivation, progress still has to be made. And, and part of, part of our discussion is how does a high feeler when they, they they govern their world by how they feel, um, how do they, when they find themselves in a place where they don't feel motivated, how do they find the grit to get the 20 miles in? You know, one of the things that, cause we're all going to have that. And I'm just, so this is just me personally. I'm a huge fan of accountability, right? So in those moments where I'm like, I don't want to do this, you know, the more 
people that I know that'll hold me accountable. Like, Hey, if this happens, I give you permission to like speak some truth to me. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, that's beneficial to me. Like, you know, so, Hey, my wife, Jennifer, I'm like, Hey babe, I'm trying to do this and I'm going to have some really good days and I have some really bad days. But if I'm having a bad day, do not allow me to have that margarita. You know, she's this back to the example, right? And can she say no to that? Yeah, no, she she'd can't. be like, "Oh, babe, Actually, it's okay." That's the yeah, that's the problem. So I have to go find more <laughs> accountability outside of it. Yeah, but but I'll tell you this: what's been really powerful for me recently, um, especially as I've been training for this event, I I literally have embedded in my kids my kids' face in my mind. Mm. Someone's like, "Hey, why are you doing that?" And at first, my why whatever, eight months ago has, it's evolved to like, Hey, I know things are going to suck really, really bad and it's going to hurt. And I'm going to want to quit. And that, and I can start that feeling now. And I'm like, hold on. My kid's face just popped up. Like, what am I projecting to that? So I think you, everyone's got to find that. Like, and you just maybe, maybe don't find that right away. Right. But I, but accountability can be like, so imagery, like that you're like, mm, that's really in my face mm -hmm. or somebody third party that you trust that, you know, it's going to come from a place of love. Like you just, you just can't do that anymore. Right. You, you got to get back to where you said you gave me the permission and this, you said you wanted to go here and so I want to be a good friend. Yep. So I think those are tools. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think you're on point. I, I don't know, like part of what um, has been rolling around in my mind a lot recently is how important your community is, like how important the people that you surround you with, especially yeah. if you have a growth mindset where you're like, I'm going to be growing somewhere in my life. I'm going to be making progress. Your community is really important to help you hold the course. Agree. And that even if it's, even if it's not a direct accountability, I know like for me, there are people in my community that probably wouldn't hold me accountable to work, working out, but I don't want to have to look them in the eye knowing that I didn't because these are people that, uh, they look to me for like an example. They, as a leader, they look to yeah. me as like a, uh, an example of what can be done. And so when I don't do what should be done and I have to look at them in the face, like I let them down whether they realize it or not. Like I, I feel like I carry that weight. Yeah. We, we talked about that before. I mean, I think what you said is just dead spot on. I mean, when you think about when, when I don't become the person that I'm capable of becoming, who else am I? Not, who else am I not? Who else am I kind of, I don't want to say dragging down, but who else am I not lifting with me? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, think about it. Like, you know, I know there's many people, especially, you know, in the spot that you're in, being the senior pastor and standing up there like, hey, man, you used to be really big. Now you're really fit. Like what, what happened? I mean, right. you're, you're, I, I visually see that you pulling people up with you. Right. Yeah. And to your point, like that's a daily decision. Yep. And if I go backwards at this point, everybody's going to watch that too. Correct. They'll be like, something's wrong with Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they're not accountability for me and I carry that weight, like I think that's a real, and I don't, not in an unhealthy sense, like I don't owe them anything, but I, that is a responsibility that I think if you're going to, if you're going to influence people, you have to influence people in a way that's moves them, at least invites them to be better. Agree. I totally agree with that. And, and the only way to really influence people is you have to embody it. You know, it's the saying, you can't give something that you don't possess. Right. Yeah. You can't, like you can't. You can't, hey, you should really be kinder and you're a total, you know, jerk. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, we all have moments, but I'm saying overall arching, right? You can't say, hey, you should not eat that or do that. You know what I mean? And the other person, and you're out of shape saying, like, hold on a second. No, like that's, that's not congruent 
to life principles, right? right? But when you can work in the dark and show up and people are like, okay, what's going on? You're a different person, right? Right. That, that's, that's really where that, you know, that authentic leadership comes out and in your family and, you know, business and wherever you might be. Yep. And yep. I don't think we pay enough attention to that. You know, I, I think that it's just, you know, when everyone talks about the journey, like, I think all of us kind of want the results, right? We, hey, how fast can I go from A to B? Sure. Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, I feel like that's just a natural habit. But like, I think the more that you walk the journey, the more you realize like, oh, there's a lot more benefits that are happening on this journey than I've realized. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm picking up new people. I'm dropping off old people. I'm influencing others that I didn't realize. Like literally, like, <clears throat> you know, I had someone on this last trip, like come up and, you know, ask me some questions just, you know, about like, hey, you're looking a lot different than you did a couple of years ago. Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, I notice that we're at business meetings and everybody's drinking and you're not. Like, why? Because you used to, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's an opportunity for me to share. Yeah. Well, I know uh, just this last week I was talking to a guy at the gym that was, he was a week out from a big national show. And so he's cutting and cutting and cutting and and that and what I'm what I'm learning hanging around with some of these guys is that as they get into that last week of prep it's just brutal. Yeah. Um like you got to have some kind of fortitude to be able to do what they do. It's yeah. amazing. They take their body to a whole new level. Oh my gosh. Now they look fantastic but they feel like trash, yeah. you know. Um and so they I was talking to him uh, about it and he was like gosh, I just I just so this is so overwhelming like he's, you know, mm -hmm. fighting through the urge to quit and give up. And I was like, you know, here's the thing, like not very many people can actually do this. Like everybody loves the idea. Everybody loves the idea of looking like you, that's true. but most people won't do the work. That's right. And that's the, that's the thing I, I think about, um, Simon Sinek and he was talking about the long play, but he said, if you think about lifting weights, like you go to the gym day one and you go and work out really hard and you pump weight and you're like, yeah. And then you go look in the mirror, you look exactly the same. Like nothing has mm -hmm. changed. Day two, you go do it and you don't, you look, but if you stay consistent over time, you do your 20 miles a day, then what happens is over time, things begin to change and they begin to change for the better. It's just, you've got to be willing to hang in there through the, I would say the parts that kill you aren't the rainy days. The parts that kill you are the days when you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. Um, cause I've, I've ran in minus degree temperature and I've also leveraged that to, as an excuse to not run. Yeah. And that's all rooted in my own motivation, you know, and that's the thing that I think people, people need to keep wrestling with. Like if you're, if you're waiting for the motivation to change, yeah. you'll never have it. Yeah. It'll never happen. Because you don't carry motivation long enough to to sustain change, uh, you, people just don't. Yeah, and we just and we I just you know I think all of us to to certain moments and to certain degrees we, we talk ourselves out of doing what we should do for various reasons, right? It could be the weather, it could be I'm sore, it could be you know I'm tired, I'm sick, like just an array of things. And then there's things that that where the sun is out and it's not cold, right? But we still talk our way out of it for. And, and the question is, is like, what are we actually leaving on the table in regards to life? Like one of the things, uh, actually Denzel Washington said this, he said, you know, my biggest fear is laying on my deathbed and the ghost of who I could have been is sitting around me. Mm. And I was like, holy smokes, like that's a powerful statement. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, we need to eliminate as many of those as possible. Right. You know, and, and you think about it in the context of what we're saying. And I think it gets back to this fundamental concept of just doing the 20 miles every day knowing you're like, I, I don't know what tomorrow brings. And I actually don't know what the next two miles brings. 
Right. Right. Um, but I'm going to go do it. And yep. I'm going I'm to see where that leads me. Yep. And I, and I think what we can say consistently based on our own experience, but based on what the data says is whatever it brings you will be better than what you had. Mm-hmm. That just will be better. So all growth, all sustained growth is rooted in consistency over time. Yeah. Get out and do your work, even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. And, and I think the, you know, the, other, the last point on it, like just going back to David Goggins, just when you read his book and you hear him talk, you know, he's just done amazing things that limits that you just think are like literally Superman. And he still has to like, I don't enjoy running. Right. I don't enjoy running, you know, and you're like, oh, it just kind of seemed like you did. Like, nope, I don't. And, but I do it. You know what I mean? For many, many reasons. But I think he's also gotten to a point where he's just rewired his thinking in his brain. You know, they've actually found that to where you can rewire, I mean, based on your thoughts and your habits, mm-hmm. just the flow of information, you know? And, and um, so so that's, I think, a part of our encouragement to everybody, Yeah. right? It's just those little tiny habits um, and being consistent with it because you begin to see the world different. Yeah. And I, I, this is a whole separate podcast, but the whole, how do you rewire your brain? Because what people try to approach life with is just turn your feelings off. doesn't matter what you feel. Actually, it matters a ton what you feel. Um, You just have to figure out how to harness your feelings to leverage you to go forward rather than allowing them to kill your progress. Yeah. And there's a way to do that. That, but that's another, another episode for another day. (laughs) That would be a good one. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, anyway, so good stuff and consistency over time. Like you're, you're not going to get there tomorrow, but you will get there. That's right. Um, and I, there, I think when you look at success, whatever your success is, whether that's, I'm going to learn a new thing. I'm going to, develop, I'm going to change, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get an advancement in my job, I'm going to change careers, whatever. Uh, I want to be a better wife or husband, I want to be a better parent, whatever it is, uh, consistency over time is the key. People want the shortcut to how do I get the shortest distance between A and B? The shortest distance between A and B is consistency over time. Yeah. There's no shortcuts, there's no pills for that. There isn't. And the last thing I'd say is, is, and also too, is don't judge somebody else's 15th chapter to your first chapter. Right, right. And just don't. Like, like be, be focused, you know what I mean? And raise the standards, know the why, get the mentors, get all of that because they are in the 15th chapter, right? And they can help you, but don't compare, right? That your starting point and like, hey, why is this not happening? when that person has spent the last five or 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Being consistent. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another big folly that we do as it relates to this. Yep. Yep. That's good stuff. So if this has been a benefit for you, man, uh, like it, share it to somebody who might uh, need it. Uh, follow the podcast. That's all helpful, helpful for us. Rate and review uh, the podcast. We'd love to hear what you think. If you have questions or if you would uh, have any ideas about how you stay consistent in walking your 20 miles every day, we'd love to hear about that. Aaron at Ariel-Tribe.com or Jason at Ariel-Tribe.com. And uh, we'd love to just hear... Um, kind of what you think. And, and if you have any show ideas, we'd love to hear yeah. that as well. So please feel free to reach out to us. We love getting emails from people who are listening. And uh, thank you for thank you for supporting it. Thanks for yeah. trusting us with your time, because we know time is precious. But uh, thank you for that. And um, we'll be back again soon with another great episode. All right. Thanks, everybody. That was a good one. That's just a great